Good morning and welcome to another YouTube broadcast from Stover Baptist Church. It's great to be doing this again. He has risen. He has risen indeed, I can hear you say. I know that you're with me. I know you're there this morning. It's great to know uh, that we've been able to meet together on this Easter Sunday, this Resurrection Day, when we think of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a great thing to be able to celebrate. Before we begin properly, I just wanted to say um, church is continuing. Um, a lot of you know this because a lot of the things that have been happening, obviously it's continuing in a different way, but things like prime time, brain and soul boosting, the morning services, Illuminate, the life groups, the prayer meetings, even MMTC, those that meet in our building normally on a Thursday, are meeting. It's far from business as usual. As you know, the building workers had to stop uh, because of obvious reasons but the church goes on not in the way that it would normally but it does go on and for me that's a real encouragement and I hope it is for you too you know, it reminds me that something that started on this first resurrection Sunday all those years ago the spreading of God's kingdom that started really with the resurrection the Lord Jesus coming back to life again is still continuing today and not even coronavirus can stop it. Hallelujah. Isn't that a great thing to be able to think about? We believe in something deeper, don't we? Something bigger. God in his grace has given us technology to help us to encourage each other. And I pray that you keep doing that. Please do keep doing that. Um, keep getting in touch with each other, finding out how each other are doing, sharing things, sharing things for prayer, just letting people know how you're getting on. And remember, you know, it won't be forever. It won't be forever. I don't know how long it will be, and for some it may feel like it's already been too long, but it won't be forever. And I know it is hard for some of you. I know some of you have got quite small spaces and you're confined in those spaces. And I know that it's tough, but keep going and keep remembering that it won't be forever because we do have a bigger hope. And what a thing to think about on a day like today, that Jesus is alive and that changes everything. It really does. Look to him, cling to him, give your concerns to him, share your life with him. Okay, so we're, we're going to be singing this morning, hopefully. You, the songs will come through and you'll be able to join in them. Katrina's going to do a children's talk for us. We're going to hear from the scriptures and then I'll be back and we'll look at that particular passage that we're going to read together. So the reading today is taken from Romans chapter 6. And I'm going to read from verses 8 to 14. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Amen.
Hi again everyone, um, just wanted to do a big shout out to Katrina and the kids, mainly Katrina, who put this uh, great sign together behind us. You can see there the empty cross because he has risen. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this, I was thinking this is probably and hopefully the only time we'll be celebrating Easter like this. Uh, you know, what, what a thought next year when we're all together in the church building. Uh, and we've got the opportunity to hug each other and um, come up to each other with that great greeting that he has risen. He has risen indeed. It's been one of the warmest Easter weekends I can remember. I remember going away for Easter weekends when it's rained and it's been windy and it's been dull and it's been dark. Beautiful this weekend. Absolutely gorgeous. And we're not allowed to go anywhere, are we? It's a very strange thing. But the weather does help us, whatever situation we're in. Because we're in isolation, because we're not able to see people it's a good thing that the weather is good. So actually, I think that's a sign of God's grace towards us. I hope you've had time to reflect this weekend um, on the incredible things that we remember, that we think about together. Not only this morning, but also on Good Friday, yesterday on the Saturday as well. Just time to, to reflect and time to, to think. Let me uh, pray before we uh, look at our passage together, shall I? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this day when we look at it together. Oh Lord, what a what a thrill it is to know that you have spoken to us, to know that you have acted in history in a decisive way through the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we think about that this morning and as, as we think about what it means for us, we pray that you would speak into our hearts, our minds, our souls, our spirits. Lord, may your word go deep. May it uh, be good soil. We pray may we be good soil for that word, that seed as it goes in. May we be changed as a result of what we think about this morning. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Now we often look to the resurrection on this day through the Gospels. Katrina read a reading from Luke which was great. I'm really pleased that happened because I hadn't planned to do that. Um, we think don't we about the different accounts in the Gospels of the resurrection. Jesus is alive and we want to think about it. We want to think about how it was discovered what events led up to it. The ladies walking up to the tomb early in the morning to embalm the body, not expecting the stone to be rolled away. The empty tomb, the disappointment, the disciples' confusion, Mary's agony, the angels. But then the joy or the dawning of realisation and then the deeper realisation that nothing's going to be the same again. There's real hope. There's real change. Jesus is, is bigger than, than anybody had possibly imagined. We, we get all of that, I think, in those, in those gospel readings. There is so much more that we can understand in the gospels. But today, I don't want to go there, not because they're not important. Of course they are. But I want to take this opportunity, actually, to think about the link that exists between Jesus and the believer, the link that exists or the unity, if you like, that exists between Jesus and the believer. You know, this day is, is a personal day, isn't it? You know, for many of us, it's a personal day. I remember past back other years where I've walked in on a Sunday morning on this particular day and there is joy in people's faces. And I'm not saying it's not there on other Sundays, but on this day, there is just that sense of anticipation of expectation there is this realization that that what happened in history on this day has affected me as a person it's changed my life and that's true for me it's changed my life knowing that Jesus is alive it's a personal 
day. Once we've realised who Jesus is and what he's done for us. If we know Jesus and we've given ourselves over to him, we're involved in, in a deep relationship, a strong relationship, a strong union with him. The link between the believer and Jesus is that strong. It means that we remember today not only his resurrection, but actually ours as well. Our resurrection. What do I mean? Well, you know, you may say to me, how can I celebrate my resurrection? I haven't died yet. But actually, if you are trusting in Jesus, if you know him, you have. That's what verse 8 says, the first verse of our reading. And this is the first point that I want to think about. We died with Christ. This is what Paul's trying to get across in Romans chapter 6. He's been showing it in the first seven verses. Come with me if you've got your Bible open and we can look at it together. Uh, get your Bible turned to Romans chapter 6 if you're not already there. Let me just pull out a few verses when it talks about our death. Verse 2. We are those who have died to sin. Verse 4. We therefore, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. You know, that great sign that we have of going down into the water, of dying to sin, of dying to self. Verse 5, we have been united with him in death like his. Verse 6, for we know that our old self was crucified with him. Paul is saying here, isn't he, again and again, we have died. When you become a Christian, when you give your life to him, in that sense, you die. The very last chapter of Christianity Explored is the challenge to people who have been thinking about Jesus, who he is, what he's done. The last chapter is called Come and Die. And it's a challenge, isn't it? Every time I see that, I think, oh, yeah. It's a reminder. Again, we die with Christ. It's very strong language. He's making his point as strongly as he can, Paul, in this passage. But why? Why? Well, he wants to show us how joined to Jesus we become when we trust him. We give ourselves to him because he has completely and utterly given himself for us. That's what we're thinking about on Friday given himself for us he goes to the cross willingly he goes because he loves us john 15 as john reminded us on friday greater love has no one than this than he lay down his life for his friends but you know it isn't just an example it's not just a statement or, or a show it's not just something that that he did to uh, convey his love it's more than that. It's deeper than that. Because he's done that for us, he invites us into who he is. It's incredible, really, isn't it? We become so linked with the Lord Jesus that Paul says here, we die with him. It's this union with Christ. This strong link, this strong union between the believer and their Lord. Now, I didn't start with verse 1. You may have thought, you know, why are we starting in the middle of the chapter? 
Uh, we're going to look pretty much at, at most of the chapter, but I didn't start with verse one because I think in, in this particular chapter, maybe this is just me, but when I start reading it, my mind starts to go into a bit of a whirl. I start with that question at the beginning and then we go into sort of baptism then we talk about other things and then it talks about dying with Christ and by the time we get to that point I'm a little bit confused and I'm thinking oh, hold on a minute I need to go back and just make sure I've got certain things in place and that's why I wanted to start with verse 8 because the impact is right there isn't it now if we have died with Christ we believe that we will also live with him I mean, this is brilliant, isn't it? This is brilliant. And that's the second point. The first point is that we've died with Christ. The second point is that we are alive with him. That's what Paul goes on to say. On this Resurrection Sunday, we remember that we are alive with Christ. Now, uh, let's go back through again. Pick up your Bible. And we can do that and go through some of these verses again and look at them together. So, uh, verse 4 in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Verse 5. We will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. And then verse 8. If we die with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. So those two aspects, the death and the resurrection. Now we know there is a future resurrection. We have a hope that when we die physically here on earth, we will be raised with him in glory. That is what our hope is about. That is why we trust him. That is why we look to him. We trust that when it comes to that moment that we die on this earth, we close our eyes for the last time, that the next thing that will happen is that we will open them and see him. He will bring us to him. If you listen to the church's in Stableford podcast on Friday I hope you did it's worth getting if you didn't but if you listen to that Vicky was speaking from the Salvation Army and she said this she said she'd been speaking to a 92 year old lady who was looking forward to being with the Lord it's a phrase that I've heard countless times from people who know that they're, they're on the edge of eternity and they know what's coming and they're trusting we have a hope of a resurrection it's not a hope like the world thinks of hope it's not a, a shaky thing it's not something that we that we, that we you know deep down we really want to happen but we're not really sure it's not that sort of hope it's a biblical hope it's a grounded hope it's a deep hope we look to a past certainty so that we can look to a certain future we look to the cross and the resurrection of jesus and the promises that he gives so that we can look forward to our future and know that when we die, we will be with him. But I actually don't think that's what Paul's talking about here. We have that and it's great. And I want to remind you of it on this resurrection morning. But I don't think it's what Paul's talking about here. I think that's often how we take it. We believe that it says here, we believe we will also live with him as though it's in the future. Paul is saying that the we will naturally follow. But what's happening here? I think Paul is, is just explaining, just helping us to see that the we will does follow the death, but it follows it straight away. If we die with Christ, we're also raised with Christ here now. We have a new life. We are raised. You see, if this isn't the case, then we're in this, this sort of limbo, aren't we? 
we've died with him, but we're still waiting to be raised with him. That doesn't sound right, does it? Not yet. I mean, if we enacted this in baptism, it would mean that you would go under the water and then we'd have to leave you there. The sign in baptism is that we go under the water, but then we come back up again because we are rise with Christ. We died with him and we're so linked with him that we're raised, raised with him as well. Today is about our resurrection as well as the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not the future resurrection that we all have a hope in, but a resurrection in the sense that's already happened in our hearts, in our lives. This is important because it means that then we live differently. We become different people. I don't mean our personality changes or, or, or hairstyle or how we look or anything like that, but inside something has changed. We've become awoken spiritually. Paul shows this as we move on. Let's look at verses 9 and 10 together. So our, our third point, what Jesus did. Point three, what Jesus did. Let me read verses 9 and 10. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So Paul is helping us understand, explaining the gospel, what happens with Jesus, the leaving of his father in heaven, coming down, humbling himself, coming down to earth, putting himself under death. He lived and died, but the life he died, he died to sin once and for all. Now he's gone back up again and he's returned to the father. He put himself under death to die to sin once for all. He never sinned. It wasn't for his sin that he died, it was for ours. But when he accomplished that, he went back to be with God. Death no longer has mastery over him. And the next time he comes, he won't be under sin and he won't be coming to die, he'll be coming to reign. His kingdom will be fully established as he comes in and completely sets it up. So he dies once for all to defeat sin. But, it says, the life he lives now, he lives to God. He is now back at the Father's side, not in the realm under death, but with God. His whole life is to God, having dealt with sin and defeated death. Jesus, the sin crusher, the death slayer, where, O oh death, is your victory? Where is your sting? He's completely taken out, hasn't he, because of what he's done. Now he lives to God doesn't have to be under that death anymore under that sin he lives to God next point what does that mean for us I mean I haven't said anything new yet I don't think you probably know all this but what does it mean for us what does it mean for us that's what Paul goes on to talk about in verse 11 this is really why I want you to think about this passage today this is what he says verse 11 in the same way count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. In the same way, by being linked with him, Paul is saying we have died to sin and we are alive to God. What Paul is saying here is that Jesus has defeated sin, overcome it, and doesn't have anything to do with it any longer. I mean, it never affected him in, 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 in an earthly way because he never sinned. As I said, he died for our sin. But now he's just living to God. 
And we should realise that that's also the case for us. We count ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God. Now, we can get in a bit of mess here if we're not careful. He's not saying that we don't sin. Actually, he's not talking about our experience at all. He's not talking about our daily lives in, in what happens and what we understand and what we experience. He's not talking about that. When we read, count yourselves dead to sin, we can often think, oh, but you don't know what I'm really like. You don't know the sort of things I'm struggling with. You don't know the temptations and some of them that I've given into. Paul's not talking about those things. He's not talking about your experience. He's talking about your standing. What's happened to you because you are joined to Christ. He's talking about your position. You are in Christ. He's not talking about our condition, what state we're in. This is the reality for every Christian. You are dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Because Jesus has died to sin and is alive to God. And we are so closely united to him. What's the phrase? You can't get a fact paper between us. That unity is so close. And we need to understand that's where our position is in Christ. Dead to sin. Sin has no mastery over him and it has no mastery over us. It is defeated. Count yourself dead to sin. See yourself in Christ, the all-powerful, the one who has overcome the sin crusher, the death destroyer. You are in him. Let me just recap what we've said. We died with Christ because of that union. We rose with Christ because of that union. Resurrection life is about living for God, not for sin. We are so joined to Christ, we live for God and count ourselves dead to sin. Now we've understood that, we're in a position to read the next verse. Verse 12. Therefore. Now, we're into the realm of our experience now. This is where the rubber hits the road, if you like. This is what we understand in life. Therefore, knowing where you stand, knowing how incredibly linked to Christ you are, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Wow, again. Wow. Paul is saying, look, know what's happened to you. Know who it is that you're joined to, who you're linked to. Know how powerful he is. Know what he's done in your life. He's taken you out from being under sin. He's put you in a life where you know God. And then he says this, so don't take the sin route. Don't go down that route any longer. 
Verse 13, offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. This is our resurrection day. I mean, don't mishear me. I don't have, that doesn't take away anything from Jesus. It just adds. You know, Jesus, it's all about Jesus today. Of course it is. It's all about him. He's the one who, who, who did everything. He's the one who went to the cross. He's the one who crushed death. He's the one who defeated sin. He's the one who was raised to life again. Incredible. But the wonder is that we are linked with him. We have a union with him. We know him. And so these things become ours. So Paul says, when we understand the depth of what it is that's happened to us when we become a Christian, we understand what it is that God's done for us. How he's put so much effort and energy into it. Don't let sin reign in your mortal bodies and obey its evil desires. Don't offer yourselves to sin. Offer yourselves to God because that's where you are. Your position is you're alive in him. Offer to him as instruments of righteousness. Lord, take me, use me. Go before me. Now, I don't think Paul's saying sin won't be a struggle. I think he's saying that you read on into the next chapter and he'll tell you how much of a struggle it was for him. He's not saying that suddenly we become perfect. He's saying that in our daily lives, we need to understand where we are, where we stand in relation to Christ. We're right in him. So when those opportunities come to sin, why take them? Because he's overcome that in your life. You're not under that power anymore. Before we couldn't choose. We just did it. We just did what we thought was right or, or what we thought we wanted to do or whatever it was. And it was it was our choice to do what we wanted to do. Now that's not the case. We can do what God wants us to do. We can be alive to him. Count yourselves dead to sin and alive to God. You see, we forget. We forget where we are. We forget what our position is. We look around us and we see this world and we, and we see opportunity or, or desire or, or whatever it may be. You know, we see an opportunity to make ourselves look good or, or, or other things. And we forget that we're in Christ. Standing in Christ and alive to God. Often we forget. And you know, this, this change in us, this death and this resurrection in Christ has meant that we, we live in a different realm now. Verse 14. For sin will no longer be your master because you're not under law. You're under grace. Paul says, we're not under law, we're under grace. Law is about what we do, how we strive, what we work for, what we want, what we expect, what we deserve. We think, humanly speaking, if we keep on the right side of the law, we will stay on the right side of God. The problem is we can't stay on the right side of the biblical law because it's too hard. One of the reasons it was given was to show us that we can't stay on the right side of it. We keep wanting to come back and do the things that we want to do rather than the things that God wants us to do. Living under the law is impossible. And you know what? Grace accepts all of that. All of that doesn't lower the line. Doesn't change the expectation. Doesn't give up. It just channels the energy into a different place with a different motive. We know we can't keep the law. We know, in part, it is there to show us just that. We can't keep it. That we will come up short. But grace isn't about striving and work. 
We don't strive and work to be accepted. We strive and work because we are accepted. That's completely different, isn't it? It's completely different. Becoming a Christian doesn't mean that we just sit back and, you know, put our feet up. Not at all. We delight in the one who has saved us and we want to serve him with our whole mind, heart, soul and strength. We live under grace. When we sin, we confess. We remind ourselves of where we really live. And we know it was stupid when we say, Lord, we're sorry. I shouldn't have done that. And as we come to the end, I just want to close with this point. This whole chapter has been governed by a question. And it's this, chapter 6, verse 1. Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? What do you think? What do you think? Having looked at the chapter, having looked at what Paul said, shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? In other words, if God has mercy on sinners, which he does, surely his grace looks better the worse the sinner. I mean, some people struggle with this. I've heard people say, I haven't got much of a testimony. You have. It's not the same as maybe somebody who's been on drugs, alcoholic, whatever. But you've got a testimony. And sometimes, oh yeah, but it's not as good as theirs. Or, or whatever way we might think about it. We know, don't we, in our minds somehow that, you know, some people, we, we may feel some of us that we've just been, you know, we've, we've tried to do the right thing generally, but we've got it wrong. We know that we're sinful people and we've realised that we've rebelled against God and he's opened our hearts. Other people, you know, they never even tried to do the right thing. And yet they're saved. I mean, it's wonderful, isn't it? Some of these people who have all have done is live for themselves and, and crushed others. And yet God changes them, comes into their lives, and they're able to share about how they're completely different people. Should we be as bad as them to show how good grace is? Should we keep on sinning? No. No. Because wherever we were, on if there is a spectrum, such a thing, I don't know, I think we're all pretty, pretty low, a lot lower than what we thought we were anyway. But wherever we were on that spectrum, God, it's not about God looking good by saving us. It's about delivering us from the power of sin, as we see in this chapter. That's what God's doing. Paul has said, we died to sin being united to Jesus we have risen to live for God being united to Jesus we offer ourselves to him as instruments of righteousness we don't keep on sinning we don't keep living under sin sometimes we will sin and we'll get it wrong and we have to confess but that is not our default position anymore now we live for God we want to live for God and we want to glorify him and honor him in our lives today is our resurrection day because we are so linked to the Lord Jesus so linked to the Lord Jesus that he gives us new life that he gives us an energy and a passion. He gives us his spirit who lives in us and wants to enable us to make the right choices and the right decisions in all circumstances and situations. Let's pray for that, shall we? Oh Lord, what a wonderful thought that we're raised with Christ. That the Apostle Paul could 
be so inspired by your spirit to write these words and to help us to understand that the reason we think this day is so personal is because it is so personal that, that Jesus is alive and we're alive with him and we know Lord that that is even more confirmation that one day we will truly be alive with him in glory that we have no fear of death because we know what it is that you promise Oh Lord, help us, we pray, to see where we stand, that we are so united to the Lord Jesus, that we have died to sin and are alive to you, the Father, in him. Fill us with your spirit, Lord, we pray. Lord, we're going to face challenges that we haven't faced before in this isolation period. Uh, temptations that we haven't faced before because everything's changing around us. Lord, help us to remember that we're in Christ that we stand in that position as those who are not under the mastery of sin any longer and help us to make the right decisions at the right times, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to finish our time together, guys, by singing a great song. Let's sing together. Thine be the glory, risen, conquering Son.